Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Kronk. Doctors, what I want to talk about today is easily 30% or more of your cases, your spinal soft tissue injury cases have findings that qualify for a spinal surgery. Now, in my world, you need to know about that. You need to understand that because that's what validates your importance. So in my profession, I'm a chiropractor. I also have a law degree. One of the things that my profession does is it basically says we don't want any help and we minimize our own condition and we minimize ourselves as doctors and we need to stop doing that. The validation of how important chiropractic is and how important conservative care is to spinal injuries is out the roof, right? But doctors don't avail themselves of, of allowing that information to permeate into their understanding of the injuries and also permeate into their documentation. So if I say 30% of your cases actually have a surgical finding, I didn't say that 30% of your cases are going to surgery. I hope none of your cases go to surgery. If I, if I have a spinal soft tissue injury, unless it's catastrophic, where I need surgery right away, there's potential cord impingement, or I'm, I've lost so much function already that uh, the swelling could cause further... Uh, damage into my spinal cord, so I need a spinal surgery ASAP. If you're not in that realm, which that's not the realm of the everyday uh, case walking into your office, but what is in the realm of your of your office, <laughs> what walks into your office are spinal soft tissue injuries, and the only soft tissue that the spine actually has that it's a part of is connective tissue. That's it. That's the only soft tissue that the spine has is connective tissue. There's support ligaments and there's discs. So there's 220 macro ligaments. 23 are discs. The rest are support ligaments. There's also micro ligaments, right? So if you injure the spine, and I and what I just said is if you injure the spine, 30% or more of your patients actually have findings that could qualify for a spinal surgery. Now, let me break this down for you in a spinal surgical guideline. So surgeons today just can't go out and do surgery. They have guidelines. Chiropractors can't just go out and start doing all kinds of stuff to the spine. They have guidelines. Now, many providers, uh, in, in my experience, chiropractors will say, well, how come the surgeons don't read their guidelines? And my typical question is, what guideline are you familiar with in your own profession? Which do you, have you read? Which do you understand? And usually it's not, you, you, you don't. So usually what happens is, is the people that are really trying to protect the profession develop guidelines and it's a pretty much um, thankless job, absolutely, because nobody pats them on the back and says, thank you very much for producing these guidelines that protect our profession. And that protect us, protect us from insurance clawbacks, protect us from saying we're overutilizing, protect us from saying that we've went off the rails and that our care wasn't medically necessary. So in the spinal injury world, that's a medical legal world. That's a world that loves to argue. That's a world that actually says, hey, 
Um, my opinion is better than your opinion. I have better credentials than you do. Therefore, my opinion has more value than you do. In that market, in that realm, what I found is that objectivity is key. Objectivity is anything that can be validated, anything that can be verified. Okay, I can't verify the, the patient's pain level, but I can verify if they've got a herniated disc because I can look at the report. I can verify it. I can look and say if they have uh, rateable levels of excessive motion ligament instability. I can look on a report. I can verify that. Anybody can read the report. Anybody can read the study. Anybody can read the guidelines that relate to that study. So that's called objectivity. And in, when you have objectivity, you don't have to argue anything. So I see so many chiropractors in, in these groups complaining about the fact that they get their bill cut by 50%, complaining that they, uh, the attorneys don't understand them or the insurers don't understand them or that people aren't acknowledging how important they are. And I see them every day minimize themselves. And the biggest way that you minimize yourself in my world is that you don't understand what is validating you and you don't present it. So if I say 30% of your cases are going to have an amount of excessive motion that qualifies for spinal fusion surgery, all I'm doing is I'm just looking at surgical guidelines and go, what are the numbers? How much excessive motion do you have to have? For example, in the cervical spine, you got to have 3.5 millimeters or more of back and forth translation, or you got to have greater than 11 degrees of difference in angular finding, or you got to have 20% uh, slippage of one vertebra over the other. And you qualify for a spinal fusion surgery under spinal fusion guidelines. Now about 30% of your cases are gonna have that. They're gonna have that finding. Doesn't mean that you're gonna send them out for surgery. You should know how your treatment actually stabilizes that condition and you should present to the world that you are stabilizing it. So that basically people start to treat our profession as professionals and not as second class healthcare providers. So I look at this and when I walk in and walk into an attorney group or a neurosurgical group or a orthopedic group or a medical administrative group, it's very easy for me to communicate these things because they're not my personal opinion. All I have to do is show guidelines. Good, you want more surgeries? It's surgeons, what do surgeons want? They more, want more surgeries validated. Okay, great. Here's surgical guidelines. See how these excessive motion findings validate your need for spinal fusion surgery and actually can get your spinal fusion surgeries pre-qualified, pre-authorized? Uh, pre oh my God, that's great. Hey, what about you injection specialists? You guys that love to burn nerves. Well, if we image the actual facet injury, isn't that good for you? Oh my God, yeah, it's so great for me. Hey, chiropractors, if you want to image how badly damaged your patient is and you want the criteria and the guidelines to support how badly damaged this is, isn't that good for you to support your treatment uh, uh, procedures and get your bills paid and make it easier for you to navigate the medical legal and make it easier for you to do depositions and make it easier for you to do trials? if you want to. And for the majority of you, you're not going to do, in my practice, um, I had large settlements. Okay. And I was, I participated in those, but I don't talk about those. I don't care about those. And in the largest set, the largest settlement that I had at the time in King County history at that time, largest spinal soft tissue injury settlement, guess what? The patient was 95% better and they were fully back to work and they had no ongoing complaints. Very, very little. 
So I had the largest settlement with a patient that was really, really well. That's where you want to be. Like, I don't even understand why, you know, the only reason why I was in court is because it was so badly managed by the providers prior to my getting it. I got it two years into the, into the injury and it was so badly managed that the patient was fully not capable of working and was in severe chronic pain. Six months after care, 95% of the symptoms were gone. She was fully employed and super, super happy. She got the largest settlement in King County history with a patient. So when I hear about large settlements, doctors, when I hear about large settlements, what I, I always feel bad, right? Because I don't care how much you would pay me. If you altered my life so that my life were completely altered and I was going to have chronic pain for the rest of my life, you couldn't pay me enough money. Right. So in my world, in my practice, I wanted those cases. I wanted the cases that nobody else could fix. I wanted those injury cases, but I used the information that was readily available to help me easily navigate the medical legal environment. So when I say 30% of your cases right now have a excessive motion finding that would qualify for spinal fusion surgery, I mean that. All you have to do is look at spinal fusion guidelines. Now, if I'm out talking to an attorney or talking to an insurer, or talking to the IME provider, or talking to somebody that says, hey, this person isn't really injured, and basically everything that Dr. Kronk said is full of BS, I'm just pulling up guidelines. Look, is this, is this surgical guideline BS? Uh, well, I don't know. Is the impairment guideline BS? Uh, I don't know. Is these athletic return to play parameters guidelines BS? Good. Are my own treatment guidelines BS? Uh, I don't know. Wow, that's an interesting question. Okay, so what I wanted to be, and some of you do want to be this as well, I wanted to be a person that treated a lot of injury patients, and I want to get them back to 100% recovery if possible. And then I want to easily navigate the medical legal environment, which means I want my bills paid, I want my rejections lowered, I want to easily make it so my documentation does not ha has it so the whoever's doing the settlement process, remember your documentation as a doctor is allow the patient access to any benefits that they may be entitled to. You're not entitled to telling them what those benefits are. That's the insurer. That's the defense attorney. That's the plaintiff attorney. That's that whole process. Now, you want to be good enough so that if you go in and you have to be deposed or you have to go to trial, that you can adequately explain these things. They're not hard to explain. Depositions and trials are not hard. They're, they're actually not hard to explain, especially if you have good understanding of the injuries and if you have good understanding of the guidelines that support these injuries and you are willing to have the help like I'm willing to have the surgical guidelines going, oh my gosh, the excessive motion condition that I treat every single day qualifies for spinal fusion surgery. Good. I'm using that to show how great my care is and how good of a doctor I really am. And I'm going to be able to explain that the patient has this condition and this is what we stabilized. And our care was super cost effective. I don't care if your bill's $10,000, $15,000. It's super cost effective. And better yet, 
and it doesn't have to be 10 or 15,000. A lot of you are stabilizing these conditions at five and $6,000 worth of care. And you're doing a fantastic job of it. And you're scratching your heads looking at like, wow, why do people have to go to court and have these huge settlements? You're, you're resolving these things and you're resolving them on a regular basis. And you should be the busiest providers in the spinal injury market. But I got news for you. When you're in the spinal injury market, there's all kinds of confusion in that market. And you're going to have to deal with the medical legal side of it. But it's not a hard side to deal with. I found it not to be that hard to deal with. Um, so... What I'm saying is that we as providers have to be okay with receiving the help of the AMA guides, of a surgical guideline, of our own treatment guidelines, and know that the area that we're going to have the hardest time to navigate, and you, you might not like this, is with our fellow chiropractors. Because our fellow chiropractors oftentimes are very confused. You can tell a confused chiropractor because they attack. They attack things. Um... You know, in my experience, somebody who's not confused doesn't attack. They're not attacking. I, you, you, you know, find me not attacking things. I don't care to attack them. Uh, I don't have enough time. I'm too busy creating things. And I'm creating things in trenches. You know, there's a lot of providers that'll say, oh my gosh, you're not a practicing provider. Well, you don't hear me saying, hey, you're, you, you as a provider are not in the trenches I'm in. I'm in different trenches now. I've been in the provider trenches. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in different trenches now, and those different trenches are in medical technology proliferation, medical technology development. Um, and they're different. They're different fields. They're different trenches. Um, but I certainly can relate uh, because I've been in the room 175,000 times saying, hey, how, how's it going? What's going on in the, in the treatment of the individual? So I understand that aspect of it. You, once you've been in those trenches, you, you don't lose your understanding of those trenches and the daily stresses of the daily providers. But in the injury market, understanding guidelines, and it doesn't take long, half hour, hour to understand the guidelines, it doesn't take long, um, can seriously improve your effectiveness in this market. And that's what we do. That's, that's what I do. I take these complicated subjects and anybody can use them. I don't care what your level of expertise are. I mean, I have doctors that are using the information that I teach to do $6 million soft tissue injury settlements, multiple $6 million settlement offers. I've had one higher than that. And a tremendous amount lower than that. I don't care about settlements. I never have. People have heard me say that before. The only thing I care about is does the information communicate? Because if it communicates to a jury, then it communicates. And I think it's wonderful. That's the only thing I think is wonderful when I hear about large settlements is that it communicated to the jury. Whatever the doctor was saying communicated to the jury. But at the same time, I do feel bad for the person that receives the injury that altered their life. And I think you would too. So anyway, doctors, what we have to get better at is just accepting the help that's out there. About 30% or more. If I said, when I say 30% or more, somebody says, oh my God, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And yet in the market, everybody has a damn disc herniation. Is a disc herniation a qualifier? Does it qualify for a, for a minimally invasive disectomy? 
Yes. Okay, when I'm in the personal injury market and everybody's getting MRIs and everybody's got an MRI, everyone's got a finding that qualifies for surgery. So this isn't complicated. This is not complicated, but understanding what I'm saying here can seriously assist you in having a lot easier time of it in the, in, in the medical legal aspect of the spinal injury market. So if you have questions about what I'm talking about, call us at 800-940-6513 and set up a call with one of our, our folks at Smart, the Smart Injury Doctors Program and we can go over what we do. Because um, this stuff is not hard. We also have uh, free educational materials that we can give you. Um, call us or look us up at, at www.smartinjurydoctors.com. Doctors, what I do on these podcasts is short to the point and just kind of riff on a subject. That's the riff for today. I look forward to riffing again for you in the real uh, short, distant, near future. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the number one audio production show for professionals in the U.S. injury market that want to deliver better injury services to the patients, clients, or insureds they serve. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review and don't forget to join us on our next program.